It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host. Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can also call into the show 405-362-7128, your number to call, because on Monday we will have a voicemail episode. I already have a ton of voicemails on there for the offseason preview on Monday. I do want some more to call in, so go ahead, 405-362-7128 for a whole voicemail episode on Monday's show. But on today's show, we're going to recap this season as a whole. We're going to talk about where the Thunder can go from here and why the 76ers possibly hiring Ty Lue is important for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Heck of a season, though, huh? I mean, you enter this season as Oklahoma City, and you have a 0.2% chance of making the postseason, according to ESPN's Basketball Index. And many people, pretty much everyone thought, this would be a tanking team from Oklahoma City. They would have to trade away Chris Paul, and to do that, they would have to uh, give up assets to move that contract, the way the Rockets did. And now, as we sit at the end of this season, everyone understands the Thunder are going to get assets for trading Chris Paul whenever it is they decide to trade Chris Paul. So just those two things being completely wrong, uh, people being wrong about needing to give up assets to get to get away from Chris Paul and being wrong about the 0.2% chance to make the postseason is miraculous enough. But then you take it a step further. We get to see Shea grow up before our very eyes in Oklahoma City. I know he had a bad game seven. I know at times in this series he looks shell-shocked. But he's a second-year player. And the entire body of work this season, leading the team in scoring and all that he did in Oklahoma City this year, uh, as well as off the court and on the court, it has to make you feel good about the direction Oklahoma City is heading in. No matter if Chris Paul is here next year, uh, no matter if they decide to tank or if they decide to run it back or whatever they decide to do, you have to feel comfortable with Shea being at worst your second best player. Shea is going to be phenomenal for a long time. Again, when you want to win a championship, Shea is at worst your second best player. And we saw why throughout this entire season. And despite the rough series, Gallinari was fun to watch this season. I mean, you got Shea and Gallinari for picks, you know, excuse me, Shea and Gallinari and picks for a disgruntled superstar in Paul George, who had one playoff game in his whole career, and it happened, you know, this series against Dallas without Corsair Przingis and a banged up Dallas team. So you got back a ton for a guy who wanted out anyway. 
and we get we got to see Shea on full display. We got to see Gallinari at times on full display. Sadly, not in this first round series. And those picks are in good hands with Sam Presti. And then you have Lou Dort becoming everything we wanted Deontay Burton to end up being. We we saw Deontay Burton play in the summer league, and and right away I called him a gimmick. I, I, I didn't have this podcast at the time, but I was telling everyone who would listen that Deontay Burton is just a simple gimmick, and he's doing well in summer league. That's all fine and well, but he's not an NBA player. And he got converted to a full contract, and he's been terrible ever since. Lou Dort, as soon as he got signed, I said he's going to be a real player. He turned out to be a real player. And you can you can go look at articles I've written. You can fact check that if you want to. That's the bottom line. And Lou Dort, from Christmas, really, you know, around that New Year's area on, he showed he's not only going to be a role player in this league, but I think he's going to be the best defender this league's ever seen with a ton of room to grow offensively. I think that when it's all said and done, Lou Dort will be looked upon as uh, you know, in a conversation with Scottie Pippen, uh, the same way that Lou, the same way that LeBron is in a conversation with Michael Jordan, uh, it'll be for for diehard basketball fans, it'll be Lou Dort versus Scottie Pippen, who was the best defender ever. And you know, other guys get thrown in there as well, but who who was the best defender ever? And I think that I'd put my money on Lou Dort. So you got that aspect, and then you factor in that for once, this is not a defender. This is not a defender like Andre Robertson who cannot do anything but defend. Or, or Tabo Cephalosha, who can at times make some threes, but he was not a consistent offensive player. This is a, a defender who can be an offensive threat for you. And that's not just about the 30-point game in Game 7. That, that, was, that was great to see him do that, but I called for this the second that that game ended, wherever everyone was calling him an offensive liability. Hold on a little bit. Since May, I've told you, look, this guy's free throw percentage is off the charts. And when your free throw percentage is that high, it typically translates eventually to the three-point shot. I didn't think it happened in Game 7, but I thought he could grow into it. With yet another offseason, and this is where rookies and second-year players get a big benefit. He got a full offseason, more than an offseason, between March 11th and the start of the bubble. And now he'll get more of an offseason between now and whenever it is we start the next season. Probably in January, you would assume. You know, probably around January, maybe late Christmas, you know, maybe late December uh, in that ballpark. He'll get another offseason to improve. So add that to another positive, that Lou Dort uh, experiment. And... Then you throw on the other thing, convert his contract to a multi-year deal that already looks like the biggest bargain in basketball. And then you go to, to Darius Baisley, who uh, shines in the bubble and puts to rest all of your nerves about, well, what about Brandon Clark? He was the Summer League MVP. He had a good start to the year in Memphis. He's a, a player who's more ready for the NBA right now. Uh, did, did the Thunder mess up by, by not you know, keeping on, you know, holding on to Brandon Clark and trading him away for Darius Baisley? Did, did they mess up doing that? No. I'm confident in saying right now that Darius Bays will be a better NBA player than Brandon Clark. He'll be a better NBA player than Brandon Clark. Darius Baisley can shoot. He can rebound. He can dribble. He can pass and play make. He can create his own shot. He can create shots for others. He can cut to the rim. And he's a solid defender. Now, he's not going to be a lockdown defender, but a solid defender mixed with all those other assets is a great NBA player. That's a starting-level NBA player. I think it would be better than Brennan Clark, but even if you think that you, you know, you'd still rather have Brennan Clark, the gap between those two are not very wide at all. Not enough to consider this trade a loss for either side, really, but especially not the Thunder. 
So Darius Baisley putting that to rest in the bubble was also a huge positive. And then, just for petty reasons, you have a better regular season head-to-head record against the Rockets. You have the same record as the Rockets, but due to the bubble circumstances and the uneven games and things like that, you still lose the, the tiebreaker and finish fifth, and they finish fourth. And you push them to seven games, and I think you outplayed them in that seventh game, leaving Rockets fans more relieved than ready for the next round against LA. Again, the, the tune around Houston before this series was, all right, let, let's dispatch of Oklahoma City and, and start going uh, and attacking the Lakers and moving on. I mean, they had dreams of the NBA Finals. They had dreams of the Western Conference Finals. You can't think that anymore. If you're a rational Rockets fan, if they're seeing this series of Oklahoma City, you can't think they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals anymore. Unless you're just a blatant homer, you can't think that. Because of all of the... Uh, mismatches that Oklahoma City let pass them by and the exploitations Oklahoma City had in that series. And again, I hate to do this after a loss, but Oklahoma City should have won that game seven. Uh, They threw away that game seven. And for Oklahoma City, that doesn't matter. Like I said, this whole series long. Uh, For Oklahoma City, win or lose, you get a golden star and you get a pound on the back. But you not only handled the Rockets in the regular season, you not only had an even record as them in the regular season, you also push them to seven games and make them feel a lot different about the trust of their future and what their future holds. And whenever you control the pieces in that, I mean, look, the Rockets better be thanking their lucky stars that Oklahoma City threw that away because they're locked into this core. What's their direction? We talk about direction with Oklahoma City. What's their direction? Because you can't tank, period. Oklahoma City owns your picks and pick swaps. So if you out-tank the Thunder... They'll just swap with you. And then some of those years, they just outright own your pick. So you can't tank. You can't move on from, from Russ and, and Harden, two guys on the wrong side of 30, who, you know, for Harden you can get assets back for, but you can't move off of, off of Russ's contract. You just can't. You can't get assets back for Russ. You had to give away Chris Paul and assets for Russ. You're not flipping Russ. And you don't want to get rid of James Harden. You need somebody there to build around. You've got to keep James Harden, who could get you assets, but you're not going to trade James Harden. And you can fire Mike D'Antoni all you want to. I don't see what that solves. I think that Mike D'Antoni, um, you know, is a, is a good enough coach for James Harden. What system would James Harden thrive in? What, what system, uh, what is being left out there for James Harden? James Harden's getting to run what he's most comfortable with running. It's just not always panning out. So what direction do they head in after this series with the Lakers? I'm interested in that for the Houston side of things, but you've made them really question themselves uh, by pushing them to seven and and how good you were this season, how good Chris Paul was this season. I mean, uh, you don't think Daryl Morey wants that trade back where you give away assets to get rid of Chris Paul, who was in the MVP conversation in some diehard NBA circles? It's so easy to talk about this season. This season is just amazing, and it was all you could ever ask for, but it's not easy to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually, we just brush it off, blame ourselves, say something like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I've had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional, 
we can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find you the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship to you a free two-day with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, uh, simple, and discreet. If you start right now, it's as simple as just going to getroman.com slash LockedOnNBA and complete the online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online survey today and connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash LockedOnNBA today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash LockedOnNBA, getroman.com slash LockedOnNBA. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Lockdown Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles and call into the show for Monday's voicemail episode, 405-362-7128. So where do the Thunder go from here? We understand that this season was spectacular. I don't think you can ask for anything more besides maybe, I guess, Billy Donovan drawing up a better play in Game 7. But other than that, this season was incredible. So where do the Thunder go from here? There are two true outcomes this offseason, in my opinion. Number one, you improve this team, you run it back, you sign Gallo, uh, who hurt his value with a with a plummeting free agent market this series. Uh, you trade some future, future, future picks, you know, distant future picks, and try to improve this team as it stands right now. That's the number one option. Run it back. Uh, you know, it's a it's a tanking free agent market. Gallo might not get the offers he wants. Uh, you might not get the offers you want for Chris Paul because he's he's so valuable to you now and he's created a value for himself. And maybe you think it's better to have Chris Paul uh, stay another year to help grow Baisley, who should take a huge step up in minutes earned and help Shea and mentor these young guys, Dort, whoever you draft this year. Uh, maybe that's the way you view things. So you improve this team and make a run for it again next season. That's number one option. Number two option, and these are not in order. Just number, these are just the two true outcomes. Number two option is you trade Dennis, you trade Chris Paul, you hopefully find a sign-and-trade deal for Gallo, you test the market on what you can get back for Steven Adams, and you just go tanking, 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 tanking. You're playing Shea, you're playing uh, Baisley, you're playing Dort 30 minutes a night, uh, you've got Terrence Ferguson on the floor, you've got two-way guys on the floor, you've got guys, you know, tanking guys on the floor. You're, you're playing a bad team out there on purpose to lose and still grow with Shea, Dort, and Baisley, and whoever you draft at number 25. So where do the Thunder go from here? Those are your two true outcomes to me. You, there's nothing in the middle. There is no good answer that lies in the middle. Because while this season was fun, in terms of team building, 
in terms of basketball being a business, you can't do this. The clock is already, for a small market, the clock is already ticking on you the second you get assets like Dort, the second you get assets like Shea, the second you get assets like Baisley, the clock starts to tick. And while the pressure is not on Oklahoma City until until Gallo, excuse me, until Shea uh, signs that second contract and then, and then the pressure starts and then the countdown really begins after that second contract because no matter what happens, he's going to sign in Oklahoma City uh, his first time up. Obviously, every rookie does. Every rookie has to. Uh, it's just the most money possible and the best decision for you. So the, the pressure, though, is still on. This, is just, they, that, this would just be, if they did something in the middle here, if they just kept this exact team together, made no moves to improve, did nothing to try to um, up their status, it would be a simply wasted year because as much as I love meaningful basketball and winning basketball, and look, uh, if anyone has stock in the Thunder winning, it's me. When the Thunder are winning, more people are apt to listen to a Thunder podcast. I appreciate everyone who listens to the Thunder aren't winning because uh, you are the ones who actually keep this thing afloat. Uh, but when they win... It's easier for just the casual fan to want to listen to about what's happening with the team. When they're tanking, uh, casual fans kind of get disengaged a little bit, and that's no fault to anyone. Uh, why would casual fans keep up with a tanking team? Uh, they'll be around once they get good again because it won't be long for Oklahoma City to get good again. So what I'm saying here is I want the Thunder to be competitive, and I want the Thunder to win, just professionally, uh, personally, everything. But from a business standpoint, from a team-building standpoint, from trying to win a championship and not just trying to stay relevant, the best way to do that in Oklahoma City is a tank. Uh, it's, it's especially not running it back this year by making no improvements. You can decide to run it back this year. If you, if you feel like this Thunder team should run it back, I don't begrudge you. It's what I talked about a little bit yesterday. Look, of these two true outcomes, you can make valid arguments for each one of them being the right call. And that's why Sam Presti is in a win-win situation. Each one of these can have great arguments for being the correct one. But the only thing I would have an issue with, the only way in which I would consider this offseason to not be a great one, would be to run it back with no improvements. Simply re-sign Gallo, simply don't trade Chris Paul, that's it. If that's all that happens, this is not a good offseason. Because being competitive in the first round isn't really worth it. Being mediocre isn't really worth it. And this team was one of the best teams in basketball since Thanksgiving. But they couldn't put it together in, in, for a whole playoff series. And maybe they will next year. But with this roster, realistically, do we think that they can beat the Lakers if they would have gotten there? Could they beat the Clippers? Could they beat the top teams in the West? And you're going to have Golden State back next year, by the way. You're going to have some of these teams bounce back next year. Uh, so who knows what happens? So... If you want to run it back, you also need to improve the roster because treading water at that four, five, six place team in the West uh, is not is not good. I mean, because because eventually you will, if you're going to do that, eventually you're going to have to tank when Chris Paul finally has Father Time catch up to him and he's no longer a point god. You're going to have to tank, and you've you've just then delayed the 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 process and and you've then ran your own clock out you have an infinite infinite amount of time that's guaranteed to you with Shea and Dort now Shea could be someone who wants to stick around he could be somebody who re-signs a second time after that first contract comes in you know after the rookie deal he could stay around for a long time and forever in Oklahoma City that's not what I'm saying but it's no guarantee in a place like Oklahoma City that they're going to stay around as we've seen so you've got to get this right 
and start that process this offseason to me. Uh, but if you do want to run it back, you at least have to improve this team. You just simply cannot do nothing this offseason. But that's why Sam Presti's in a win-win situation. Because I can sit here and make my case for why I think that they should tank. But if you told me, okay, since you do this podcast every day, I want you to spend the next show saying the opposite and making it make sense, I can very well make the opposite make sense. I can sell you on tanking. If I wanted to, I can also sell you on running it back. That's how close these two categories are. And that's how that's how serious I am about, about if you are in my DMs right now saying this team should tank, I agree with you. If you're in my DMs right now saying you're, way, you're far off on, on tanking, they should run it back, they should improve this team, that makes sense because as we've talked about also, the draft is no guarantee. And we know this market is not going to get free agents. So it's hard for a market like this to look at a team that will at least keep you relevant and say, no, we're good. We're good. We're going to trade Dennis. We're going to trade Paul. Uh, we're going to, we're going to let, let Gallo go. We're good. Because then that puts all the pressure on these 14 first round picks and you've got to hit on a couple of them for sure because you're not going to get the free agent as a safety net. I mean, even a team like Philadelphia who, who, who tanked, it, you, know, you could get free agents in a city like Philadelphia, in a sports city like Philadelphia. Miami can tank. They can get free agents. You know, these markets who can get free agents don't need to worry about tanking. But as a small market team, it's risky to tank because it puts that much more pressure on your picks. And you don't have the safety net of, if our picks don't work, we can't go sign anyone. So it's risky to tank, and you don't want to lose your market interest. I mean, you think about how great these Oklahoma City fans are. Now, I don't think they're going anywhere. That's how much confidence I have in Oklahoma City as a, as a community and Oklahoma as a state. I don't think the sport's going anywhere for the Thunder. I think that if they tanked, uh, they would still be watched, they would still be loved, they would still be supported in Oklahoma City. But that's another big risk for a small market team. What makes me confident in tanking is that I know this team will not be the, the, will not be the Kings. It just won't be. Your front office is not inept. So it won't be the Cavs without LeBron. It won't be the Kings right now. It won't be any of these, the Suns. It won't be any of that. So I'm comfortable tanking, but again, I'm also comfortable with improving this team, and that's why that voicemail episode has a lot of questions about which, which way to go. And, and, and each caller makes points on, on his or her side about where they're leaning towards and why they're leaning that way, and it makes so much sense. So I really want to hear from you, uh, either on the voicemail, and you can call in 405-362-7128, or on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles, and let me know where you fall. Would you want this team to tank? Do you want this team to go for it uh, and, and run it back? Uh, I'm on Team Tank as of right now, but it's so close. I can be swayed too. I just think that's the best thing to do is to tank. I really do. Uh, Because you already have one of your top three guys in Shea. In my opinion, you need three guys to win. I'm going to consider Shea, at at worst, your number two. He could be your number one and and win, but at worst, he's your number two. So you've got one of the top three. Who knows what Baisley turns into? Is he a four? Is he a five? Is he a three? What's Baisley going to fall into? And then Dort, I think, is going to be the best defender to ever play basketball. So you've got a good foundation already, and you've got 14 future first-round picks. It wouldn't take long. It would take two or three tanking seasons. You, As long as you hit on those picks, then all of a sudden you can trade those future picks for win-now players and go for it. It's not a, it's not a strip it down to the studs and wait 
a half a decade or wait a decade to win. No, you're ready to win almost right now. It's only going to take two or three years, and that's what's really exciting to me about this future. But what's really exciting to me is getting my new box of Built Bars in the mail pretty soon. They're going to send us their brand new recipe and brand new flavors, and I cannot wait to try their six new flavors. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off your next order. And you need to order some of these new flavors. They've got caramel brownie. They've got cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon on cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Listen, protein bars usually have a chalky aftertaste. Usually are not my thing. But these bars are easy to chew, covered in 100% real chocolate. And there's no bad aftertaste. They're great for the uh, health-conscious guy or girl losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They have low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for the keto diet. They are fantastic protein bars. I cannot recommend them enough. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON and save $10 off that next order, you'll get a free cooler in the mail while supplies last. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Stiles, and I did want to talk about some NBA news before we get out of here. And the most important for Oklahoma City is Ty Lue, possibly. Uh, it's not confirmed just yet as I'm recording this podcast, just so you kind of know a, a time reference of when I'm recording this. But all signs are pointing to, and there's some trusted people right now reporting, that it will be Ty Lue as the Sixers' new head coach. And why is that important for Oklahoma City? So... I did a whole podcast uh, in, in June, I believe. It was June or, or, or maybe May, uh, talking about how, okay, the Sixers are leaning into not having Ben Simmons run the point guard. And it's something that they did with, with Jimmy Butler, who wasn't a true point guard himself, uh, but it still worked a little bit. And they tried it with Shake Milton, but obviously Ben Simmons gets hurt, and they don't get to see how it would, would unfold. So I said, look, the, the Sixers could be a viable option for Chris Paul. They need a leader. They need somebody who's been there before. They need somebody to kind of keep that locker room together. They thought Al Horford could be that. He's totally not that. He has not been the best leader from all reports. Uh, but Ty Lue has a special connection to Chris Paul. At one time, Ty Lue uh, was an assistant coach for Chris Paul. You're on a Chris Paul team in, uh, in L.A. Ty Lue is now their head coach. Ty Lue needs somebody who can help him mold that locker room and control that locker room, as well as if they want to run a point guard with Ben, what better point guard than Chris Paul to run that offense with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Now, Personally, I think that, hey, I would I would have Ben Simmons be the point guard. I think that that's his best asset, and you can't take away the guy's best asset. He can't shoot. Uh, what really makes him a great player is his playmaking. I'm not sure if you can utilize that without him being the point guard. But if Ty Lue thinks, you know what, I want to try this without him as a point guard, again, what better point guard is out there available right now to you than Chris Paul? So what would a trade look like between the Sixers and, Chris, and the Thunder? It would have to be Al Horford 
coming back to match the contract. So it'd be Al Horford and Chris Paul. And then the Thunder have leverage in this because Al Horford is a dreadful player for Philadelphia. I will say, if you keep Billy Donovan around, Billy Donovan got the best out of Al Horford in college. Uh, they have a good relationship. And I'm not ready to give up on Al, on Al Horford just yet. That was a bad fit in Philadelphia next to Joel Embiid. I didn't really understand it at the time. Don't understand it now. It didn't really work out. So he could have a resurgence in Oklahoma City the same way that Chris Paul had a bit of a resurgence in Oklahoma City. So that on the surface, is going to get Oklahoma City more assets back for that. But still, don't be too down on Al Horford. You get Al Horford. Now, we know Sam Presti is in love with Matisse Thibel. That was the reports on draft day. How much Sam Presti loves Matisse Thibel. How he would have drafted Matisse Thibel. How he was just enamored with Matisse Thibel. And that's not only uh, a Presti guy that we can all see, that's someone who, from the from the horse's mouth, has said he loves Matisse Thibel. You probably get Matisse Thibel in that in that deal. Now, with the now with the Sixers do that, I don't know. But this is what this is what Sam Presti would ask for. He'd ask for Horford and Thibel, and maybe even a future like distant first round pick with a lot of protections on it. But but it could be built around Thibel, Horford, Paul, and then again maybe that distant first round pick with a few protections. Would that be worth it to you? And that's part of this whole two true outcomes too, right? If you don't get a return necessary for Chris Paul, does that push you into, all right, let's run it back and and, and add to this team. With the 14 future first-round picks, you have so much flexibility. You really do. So Ty Lue is something to monitor in, in, in the Philadelphia scene. What does he want to do with Ben Simmons? How does that affect Oklahoma City? And one of Chris Paul's you know trade destinations that's been rumored uh, well, not really rumored in the sense of it happening, but just rumored in the sense of that could possibly be a fit. So we move on to another coaching hire, and that's Steve Nash to the to the Nets. Whoa, I did not see this coming. I woke up to the to the Woj notification this morning, uh, and that was a heck of a way to start the day. Uh, he tried to get Dirk on his staff, which I thought was hilarious, and I think that Dirk might even be a coach later on in his career, but just not right now. He's enjoying retirement too much, he said. Uh, but Steve Nash, no coaching experience gets the job. And uh, I'm not going to act as though I'm the biggest Steve Nash uh, buff. I, 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 he wasn't one of my all-time favorite players. I didn't do a ton of research uh, on him personally. I know everything about his basketball career because he played in Dallas and and all of that in, in uh, Phoenix and everything else. I know about the basketball player. I don't really know about the person, Steve Nash. So he could have wanted to do this for a long time. He could have been taking uh, steps behind the scenes to want to be a head coach. To my knowledge, though, this is pretty out of the blue. He hasn't been a G League coach like Jerry Stackhouse was uh, with the Raptors before he went on to be the head coach at Vanderbilt. He has not worked his way up through the ranks of assistant coaching like Tim Duncan is right now. He just got the job. He's just he's just now the head coach. Kind of the same scenario as Jason Kidd. Um, to me, this is not going to be an average hire. And I hate these kind of predictions, but I make them a lot. I make them a ton, actually. To me... It's either going to go really good and the Nets are going to look tremendous in this hire and they are going to look like they know what they're doing or it is going to be a disaster by month two with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and Nash getting together. I don't think that this hire is just average. I don't think that this is a Ty Lue hire uh, in the sense of uh, who Ty Lue you know, deserved that job because he did rank up from assistant coach and yada, yada, yada. But Ty Lue was looked at in Cleveland unfairly in my opinion, but he was looked at as an average coach has LeBron good enough, right? That's what he was looked at. Now, I think he's a much better coach than that. 
But that was the narrative around him. I don't think that Steve Nash will get that. I think that Steve Nash will either look like a genius in Brooklyn or they'll be, they'll be wanting to fire him half a season in next year. That's how bipolar or polarizing, I should say, that I think that Steve Nash is as a head coaching candidate and as a head coach. And I, I have to listen to Locked On Nets. I don't know why they didn't stick with Jacques Vaughn. If, if they wanted somebody with limited to no experience, Jacques Vaughn had these guys playing hard in the bubble. He, he had these guys playing the best basketball. They've played all year long in the bubble. What happened? Why wasn't it Jacques Vaughn if you're going to do this with Steve Nash? I don't understand that. And then the Bucks are down 0-2 in, in, in the uh, semifinals of the East with, the, with Miami Heat. Miami has been playing out of their minds right now. I love that Miami team. It's a fun team to watch. It's a fun team to root for. I, I hate the Miami organization, uh, thanks to 2006, what they did to the Mavericks, and, of course, in 2012, what they did to the Thunder. But I do like this iteration of the, of, of the Heat. I really do. Um, uh, it's interesting, right, because the conversation is becoming the Bucks are down 0-2. Is Giannis going to leave? Is Giannis going to go to Golden State or Dallas or Toronto or Miami? Uh, where is Giannis going to go? Are they going to fire Bud? What are they going to do in, 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 in Milwaukee? I have given up predicting what players are going to do. I mean, who could have predicted that Kawhi would go to the Clippers, but only if they traded for Paul George. That was his big shtick. And I know Paul George was like third on Kawhi's list, but still, the fact I didn't know that, that they were that close to where he'd only go there if he had one of uh, XYZ player in Paul George, by the way. But, uh, you know, I didn't know that, that Kevin Durant would go to Golden State and he'd be having these secret meetings throughout the postseason with Golden State. It, it's so hard to predict. But, man, I'm rooting for Milwaukee just because they're a small market and I want to see small markets succeed and I want to see small markets hold their players. But, man, if they lose in this round, and especially if they, if they don't make this series a bit more competitive... Um, in the sense of the win-loss total, each game has been competitive and been great games. But, uh, man, if they lose this series, I don't see how they can hold on to Giannis because you only have one year left to impress him. And to impress him, I think you need to show, look, we're going to do anything for you. We're going to fire the coach. Okay, then you have then you hire your next coach, and he has a wacky offseason, which we don't know when the next year is going to start, to improve this team, to get his system implemented, and to show Giannis what's in store for his future – and I think it'll be Jason Kidd because Giannis loves Jason Kidd. You'll re- retread him back in there uh, just for Giannis. I don't know what it will be, but man, it puts Milwaukee's front office and organization in a bad spot in terms of holding on to Giannis if, if they lose this series. So as a small market fan, you just have to hope that the Bucks turn around and just give us some hope. Or even if they don't, just have Giannis stay. Just give small markets a little bit of hope about people staying uh, that aren't from Akron, Ohio. Uh, just please, please. Giannis, please stay in, in Milwaukee. Or if you really want to really want to impress small market fans, sign with Oklahoma City, sign with, sign with the small market. <laughs> but that, that's a bit crazy. But it is interesting watching that Heat series because they've done a good job uh, of kind of taking that Raptors formula of building a wall. Look, you're going to shoot threes and you're going to have to make those threes. We're not going to give you uh, what you want in the paint. Uh, and, and and so far the Bucks have not been able to overcome that the same way they were not able to over- overcome that against Toronto. Now my Western Conference semifinal predictions, I'm recording this before 
the Nuggets and Clippers game even tips off. So I don't know what happened in this game to help my opinion. But I will say right now, Clippers in six and Lakers in five over Houston. So you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Call into the show 405-362-7128 for Monday's voicemail episode about the offseason and what you want this team to do. Do you want this team to tank? Do you want this team to run it back? What would you like to see Oklahoma City do? I'll play all those on the show on Monday. If you're into high school football and you've made it this far in the podcast, if you want to watch some high school football, go to oklahomasportsnet.com and click on the Lawton High channel, and I'll be doing the play-by-play for a Lawton High football on the Oklahoma Sports Network that gets kicked off tonight at 7 o'clock, Friday night. 7 o'clock on the Oklahoma Sports Network. Uh, Broadcast starts at 6.30. If you're just in love with hearing my voice inside your head, go ahead and check out some high school football. Lot and High and Duncan get together uh, on the Oklahoma Sports Network. And Lot and High, of course, is a 6A program. So if you like a 6A program that plays Lot and High, you can always check in that week whenever your team plays Lot and High. Uh, But, again, follow me on Twitter. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder, your only podcast every single day about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.